0: section 2 of hero and leander this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by martin geeson hero and leander by christopher marlowe and george chapman section 2 the first sestiad part 2 he kneeled but unto her devoutly prayed. Chaste hero to herself thus softly said, Were I the saint he worships, I would hear him. And as she spake those words, came somewhat near him. He started up, she blushed as one ashamed, Wherewith Leander much more was inflamed. He touched her hand. In touching it she trembled. Love deeply grounded hardly is dissembled. These lovers parleyed by the touch of hands. True love is mute and oft amazed stands. Thus, while dumb signs their yielding hearts entangled, The air with sparks of living fire was spangled, And night, deep drenched in misty Acheron, Heaved up her head, and half the world upon Breathed darkness forth. Dark night is Cupid's day, and now begins leander to display love's holy fire with words with sighs and tears which like sweet music entered hero's ears and yet at every word she turned aside and always cut him off as he replied at last like to a bold sharp sophister with cheerful hope thus he accosted her fair creature let me speak without offence i would my rude words had the influence to lead my thoughts as thy fair looks to mine then shouldst thou be his prisoner who is thine be not unkind and fair, Misshapen stuff are of behaviour boisterous and rough. Oh, shun me not, but hear me ere you go, God knows I cannot force love as you do. My words shall be as spotless as my youth, Full of simplicity and naked truth. This sacrifice, whose sweet perfume descending from Venus' altar to your footsteps bending, doth testify that you exceed her far, to whom you offer, and whose none you are. Why should you worship her? Her you surpass as much as sparkling diamonds, flaring glass a diamond set in lead his worth retains a heavenly nymph beloved of human swains receives no blemish but oft-times more grace which makes me hope although i am but base base in respect of thee divine and pure dutiful service may thy love procure and i in duty will excel all other as thou in beauty dost exceed love's mother nor heaven nor thou were made to gaze upon as heaven preserves all things so save thou one a stately builded ship well rigged and tall the ocean maketh more majestical why vow'st thou then to live in Cestos here who on love's seas more glorious wouldst appear like untuned golden strings all women are which long time lie untouched will harshly jar Vessels of brass, oft-handed, brightly shine! What difference betwixt the richest mine, And basest mould, but use? For both not used, are of like worth. Then treasure is abused, when misers keep it. Being put to loan, in time it will return us two for one rich robes themselves and others do adorn neither themselves nor others if not worn who builds a palace and rams up the gate shall see it ruinous and desolate ah oh, simple hero learn thyself to cherish lone women like to empty houses perish less sins the poor rich man that starves himself in heaping up a mass of drossy pelf than such as you his golden earth remains which after his decease some other gains but this fair gem sweet in the loss alone when you fleet hence and be bequeathed to none or if it could down from the enameled sky all heaven would come to claim this legacy and with intestine broils the world destroy and quite confound nature's sweet harmony well therefore by the gods decreed it is we human creatures should enjoy that bliss. One is no number. Maids are nothing, then, without the sweet society of men. Wilt thou live single still? One shalt thou be, though never singling hymen couple thee wild savages that drink of running springs think water far excels all earthly things but they that daily taste neat wine despise it virginity albeit some highly prize it compared with marriage had you tried them both differs as much as wine and water doth Base bullion for the stamp's sake we allow even so for men's impression do we you by which alone our reverend father say women receive perfection every way this idol which you term virginity is neither essence subject to the eye no nor to any one exterior sense nor hath it any place of residence nor is't of earth or mould celestial or capable of any form at all of that which hath no being do not boast things that are not at all are never lost. Men foolishly do call it virtuous. What virtue is it that is born with us? Much less can honour be ascribed thereto. Honour is purchased by the deeds we do. Believe me, hero, honour is not won until some honourable deed be done seek you for chastity immortal fame and know that some have wronged diana's name whose name is it if she be false or not so she be fair but some vile tongues will blot but you are fair ay me so wondrous fair so young so gentle and so debonair as greece will think if thus you live alone some one or other keeps you as his own then hero hate me not nor from me fly to follow swiftly blasting infamy perhaps that sacred priesthood makes thee loath Tell me, to whom made'st thou that heedless oath? To Venus, answered she, and as she spake, Forth from those two tralucent cisterns brake a stream of liquid pearl, Which down her face made milk-white paths, Whereon the gods might trace to Jove's high court he thus replied the rites in which love's beauteous empress most delights are banquets doric music midnight revel plays masks and all that stern age counteth evil thee as a holy idiot doth she scorn for thou in vowing chastity hast sworn to rob her name and honour and thereby committest a sin far worse than perjury even sacrilege against her deity through regular and formal purity to expiate which sin kiss and shake hands such sacrifice as this Venus demands. Thereat she smiled, and did deny him so, As put thereby yet mighty hope for more, Which makes him quickly reinforce his speech, And her in humble manner thus beseech though neither gods nor men may thee deserve yet for her sake whom you have vowed to serve abandon fruitless cold virginity the gentle queen of love's sole enemy then shall you most resemble venus none when venus sweet rites are performed and done Flint-breasted Pallas joins in single life, But Pallas and your mistress are at strife. Love, hero, then, and be not tyrannous, But heal the heart that thou hast wounded thus, Nor stain thy youthful years with avarice. Fair fools delight to be accounted nice. The richest corn dies, if it be not reaped. Beauty alone is lost, too warily kept. These arguments he used, and many more, Wherewith she yielded, that was one before. Hero's looks yielded, but her words made war. Women are one when they begin to jar. Thus, having swallowed Cupid's golden hook, The more she strived, the deeper was she struck. Yet, evilly feigning anger, strove she still, And would be thought to grant against her will. So, having paused a while, at length she said, who taught thee rhetoric to deceive a maid ay me such words as these should i abhor and yet i like them for the orator with that leander stooped to have embraced her but from his spreading arms away she cast her and thus bespake him gentle youth, forbear to touch the sacred garments which I wear upon a rock and underneath a hill far from the town, where all is whist and still, save that the sea, playing on yellow sand, sends forth a rattling murmur to the land, whose sound allures the golden Morpheus in silence of the night to visit us my turret stands and there god knows i play with venus swans and sparrows all the day a dwarfish beldam bears me company that hops about the chamber where i lie and spends the night that might be better spent in vain discourse and apish merriment Come thither. As she spake this, her tongue tripped, for unawares, come thither from her slipped. And suddenly her former colour changed, and here and there her eyes through anger ranged, and like a planet moving several ways at one self instant, she, poor soul, assays loving not to love at all, And every part strove to resist the motions of her heart. And hands so pure, so innocent, Nay, such as might have made heaven stoop to have a touch, Did she uphold to Venus. And again vowed spotless chastity. But all in vain. Cupid beats down her prayers with his wings, her vows about the empty air he flings. All deep enraged, his sinewy bow he bent, and shot a shaft that burning from him went wherewith she strucken looked so dolefully as made love sigh to see his tyranny and as she wept her tears to pearl he turned and wound them on his arm and for her mourned then towards the palace of the destinies, laden with languishment and grief, he flies, and to those stern nymphs, humbly made request, both might enjoy each other and be blest. But with a ghastly dreadful countenance, Threatening a thousand deaths at every glance, they answered love. Nor would vouchsafe so much as one poor word, their hate to him was such. Hearken a while, and I will tell you why. End of section 2 Recording by Martin Geeson in hazel I, Surrey.